Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. Jordan Lorenz here on Solo Duty is, you guessed it, Sunday episode dropping. That can only mean one thing. UFC 269 recap, and I don't even have words to describe the roller coaster of a pay-per-view this was. I mean, they always stack the last pay-per-view of the year. They've done this for years now. They put everyone, not everyone, but they put a lot of top names on it. They got lucky that the Nunez-Pena fight could come here because this was supposed to take place months ago. I'm sure all of you know the result of that one by now. But I got home. I missed the Jillian Robertson fight that only went around. So these are the early, early prelims. I haven't watched the ESPN Plus early prelims in a long, long time. But with Ryan Hall and Miranda Maverick on the card, I knew I wanted to watch them, so I got home midway through the first round of Kelly and Costa, and then Ryan Hall ends up getting his decision win, which was good to see, get him back on track after he just lost, but I mean, he he's still got to work on his stand-up game, right? He's dominant on the ground, he can do all these crazy things, but still, on the feet, he got rocked a little early, and it was a little scary for him at times, but he ended up getting the win, so nothing wrong with that, and then Miranda Maverick man, what's happening to her? At one point, it seemed like she was going to be the next big thing, but Aaron Blanchfield comes in and just doesn't stop her, but kind of just stops her from doing anything and grinds out a decision win. So that was very, very surprising to see Fear the Maverick go down in these early prelims. I mean, talk about a demotion. You get bumped to these early cards. Sure, it's one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, but still, and then you end up losing by decision. Not a great look. So that happened, and then... ESPN 2 prelims, they were on ESPN News to start because of a basketball game running late. Bruno Silva beats Jordan Wright right away to start, very hot thing to go. And then Tai Tuivasa keeps coming back. I mean, this dude is hot, to say the least. Knocks out Augusto Sakai 26 seconds into round number two, then does the shoey. I mean, this guy, Tai Tuivasa, is a fan favorite to say the least. Some of the things he's been able to do in his UFC career so far are just mind-blowing to say the least. He's 13-3, and he's won four straight, of which by knockout. I mean, he had three straight losses in the UFC, but he's been, he won his first three fights, then he lost the next three, now he's won four straight, so I'm pretty sure I touched on that in my UFC 264 recap of how he was a little bit streaky, but he put that to rest as he beats Augusto Sky in round number two. The last three were all first round finishes, so that has something to say about what this man can do. I mean, he is definitely the future, and I cannot wait to see where he goes from here, but other than that, we had to move on, and this was a very highly anticipated fight as Pedro Munoz loses to Dominic Cruz. Cruz keeps his streak alive of only losing in title fights. Cruz beats Pedro Munoz. He's now won two straight, both of them by decision. He hasn't won by stoppage since 2014, where he beat Takeya Mizukai. And that was by knockout just a minute into that fight. But Cruz is not a finisher. The last finish before that was a doctor stoppage in 2010. And then, you want to go even further? 2008, a knockout win. That was at total combat. So, Cruz isn't a finish guy, but it doesn't matter because 
He showed out here today. He lost the first round pretty clearly. It was 1-1 going into the third, and he ended up getting the job done. So all credit goes to the one and only Dominic Cruz for being able to get things done here in the prelims because it wasn't looking good at first, and I was like, uh-oh, this, this might not end well, but he ended up pulling it out. So great job there. And now we move to the feature prelim where we saw Josh Emmett return to the Octagon. He ended up beating Dan 50K Ige. This was his first fight since June of 2020. He had a surgery on the knee, but things slowed down. It wasn't recovering the best. And ultimately, he comes back, headlining the prelim, and he beats Dan Ige. He has now won four straight, and he has won six of his last seven. And I could go back even further because this guy's only got two losses on his resume. Jeremy Stevens. And the questionable Desmond Green split decision back in 2017, but that one is whatever. That one was a while ago. He's been fighting pretty active ever since. He's fought three times in 2017, just the once in 2018 where he lost, but then twice in 2019 and the once in 2020 before he got back at it. Finally here to end the year. So Emmett is a rising contender. I cannot wait to see how he's able to fare moving on. Danny Gay, he'll always be there, no matter what, win or lose. doesn't matter who he fights. It'll be enjoying. It'll be in... That doesn't even make sense. You'll enjoy it, I guess is a better way to put it. You'll enjoy it. He'll enjoy it. We'll all have a good time. And that's all it is for the prelims. So I just wanted to touch on them for a few minutes here. Is now we got the main card. Halloween Paiva goes down to the Sugar Show. It came down to the last few seconds of the first round. But Sugar Sean O'Malley with his third knockout win of 2021. He stopped Thomas Almeida. Chris Moutinho, remember that fight when we talked about UFC 264. And here he stops Paiva. I mean, this was a first-round finish. His last two were in the third round. So certainly improving, I guess, you could say, after that loss to Cheeto Vera. But he stopped Eddie Wineland and Jose Alberto Quinos both in the first round in 2020. This guy is so, so active. He fought three times in 2020, three more times here in 2021. He has won six of those, or five of those six fights. Obviously, we know the only one he lost was to Cheeto Vera, who was on a two-fight win streak and just stopped Frankie Edgar on the UFC 268 card. So if that goes to say something about him, I mean, woo, Cheeto Vera is hot right now, but... The real hot man is the Sugar Show at 15-1. and one. This isn't boxing. You don't need to keep that O next to your name to protect anything. And Raleigh Mpaiva, he'll be fine as well. He was coming in on a three-fight win streak. He's now 21-4, and four, just 26 years old. I mean, he's going to be fine. He coming off a win over Kyler Phillips this year. He's fighting twice a year. I mean, he's staying active. He's doing the right things. He fought twice in 2019, twice in 2020, and twice here in 2021. He's 3-3 three and three in his last six, which isn't the best, knowing how hot he was to start his career, but I mean, it's I'm not worried at all. Losing to the Sugar Show, it's wrong place, wrong time, right, for Halloween Paiva, but credit for him taking the fight, and at the end of the day, he just, he went down, and it's nothing new at this point. Sugar Sean O'Malley, he says he doesn't care what anyone has to say about him. He's just going to go in there and do his thing, and he doesn't even try to entertain the fans. It just happens. That's just how he is, but he doesn't play it up. So he's a polarizing figure, to say the least. Some like him, some don't. And speaking of liking guys, Cody Garbrandt, that's my guy. But when you look, oh, man, 
when you look at his last six fights, it's not good, right? It is Cody Garbrandt just completely lost his chin ever since he won the belt and then ended up losing it to TJ Dillashaw, lost in the rematch, lost to Pedro Munoz. And I just, I don't know what's happening. He got a win. He's getting back on track. B. Rafael Sunsau knocked him out, actually, on the Nunez-Spencer card in June of last year. Then he got that decision loss to Rob Font. He was able to get into a main event spot earlier this year. Lost by decision in here in the first round. Just gets knocked out by Kaikara France. First round knockout, 3 minutes, 21 seconds in. He got knocked out by Pedro Munoz, 4 minutes, 51 seconds in. Got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw, 4 minutes, 10 seconds in. These were all in the first round. And then he got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw the first time in the second round, 2 minutes, 41 seconds in. So, I mean, he's just, he's struggling to say the least, but he keeps getting opportunities. This was his flyweight debut against Kayakara France. I believe Cody was rated 7th in the Bantamweight division and Kaikar was ranked 6 in the flyweight, so, I mean, this was a big, big test coming in here, but uh, it didn't work out for him at the end of the day. He's now in a struggling position. Obviously, I don't think he's in any position where the UFC is going to release the guy, but he has lost way too many fights by knockout, and early, early knockouts. A lot of people Question the chin on Cody Garbrandt, and we all wonder where it went, because this kid loved to scrap, and now he can't really do that, because he'll get himself in danger, so all credit goes to Guy Carr France, won three of his last four. I mean, they're not the most notable wins, but this flyweight division is interesting, to say the least, and he's won back-to-back fights by knockout in the first round, so there is that for him, UFC 259 and UFC 269, and again, He's another one of those active fighters. Fought twice in 2018, fought three times in 19, and then twice in 20 and 2021, respectively. So, Kai Kara France gets the win. I don't know how much he can really move up in the rankings after a fight like this, but he got a win. Got another win on his resume, so that's all that really matters for him. This next fight I didn't really care for. Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponzinibbio, and I knew it coming in. This was the weakest of the main card fights. Jeff Neal was... A whole lot of legal trouble, got arrested, things before the fight, but he ended up still getting to fight, ends up winning by split decision. I don't, ooh, I don't know that I agree with the decision. It was a close fight. It wasn't the most entertaining fight, but mm, one of the judges had it 30-27 Jeff Neal, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. I do not know how, I, do, I don't understand how you could put it 30-27 to Jeff Neal. The other ones were 29-28, I believe, but I, I don't... Jeff Neal certainly did not win all three rounds. I mean, that is... He didn't win the first round. Like, it's pretty simple. He did not win the first round, no matter how you look at it. And the second round was up in the air. I think he won the third. I think you could definitely argue that he was more aggressive. He was doing some great things in the third round. was attacking a little bit more, picking his strikes well. But even the second round, I don't know if he won. I mean... This is also a very weird fight where Mark Smith, referee, he was like the entire first round. He was telling Ponzinibbio to watch your fingers, watch your fingers. Never did anything about it because it never ended in an eye poke, but he was just watching him and he knew that the way Ponzinibbio was attacking and the way his hands were out, that things could get dangerous. They never did, but we also had a low blow, so uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, this wasn't a good fight. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. There was a good third round, and that was it. Jeff Neal's corner. Oh my goodness, that was the that was the money one going into round two. I'm pretty sure. I'd, I think it was round two. It was either round two or round three. They were not happy with Jeff Neal at all, and they wanted to lay it all out there. And he did. He hasn't lost three straight now. He ends up beating Ponzinibbio here, and you can just kind of put aside the unanimous decision losses to Neil Magny and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He beat Mike Perry, Nico Price, but I'll remember the name Muhammad. That was a big win back in 2019, and now he beats Ponzinibbio in his second fight here in 2021, so we'll see what happens next for Jeff Neal. I'm not worried really about either of these guys. Again, I think Ponzinibbio is 35 years old, which I guess I really didn't realize, but he will rebound. He's 2-2 two and two in his last four, but two of those wins, well, I mean, you got to look back a little bit more to see some of his big wins. Neil Magny, Mike Perry, Gunnar Nelson, Zach Cummins you could even throw in there. Same with Court McGee, but he beat Sean Strickland in 2015. If you want to look at that, it's just the longer you go back, the, I guess, longer these guys have to improve is a good way to put it, so... I don't know. It, let's, let's just move on. That was not a good fight. It's plain and simple. That was not a good fight. Time to move on. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Because Juliana Pena is the new bantamweight champion of the world. Amanda Nunes gets stopped in round number two. Taps out to Juliana Pena. I mean, Nunes kind of had her right where she wanted her. You know, in the first round, things were looking good. And then she went down and on the ground, and I didn't understand it. And then in the second round, Juliana Pena comes out swinging. I mean, these girls were fighting in the center of the octagon. Joe Rogan said it best. He said that Amanda Nunes didn't look like herself. He also commented on the Kimura in the first round. That was never really a factor at all, so I don't know what he was looking at there, but... Pena had no real shot of ever locking that in, but it did worry Nunez a little bit. I still questioned why she went to the ground, and then in the second round, these girls came out swinging. Nunez, is, this was unlike something we've ever seen, and she was looking gassed. I mean, she was looking kind of tired, and Juliana Pena ended up getting Nunez down at kind of a knockdown. I don't really know if they considered it one or not, but she gets her down and then gets her back, and a rear naked choke is all it takes. I, the whole world was turned upside down like the actual world this is this is unreal i mean this is mana nunez won that belt at ufc 200 for misha tate so it's been since 2016 since she's been able to hold it and now now she lost that bantamweight belt to juliana pena I mean, Pena is of someone a lot of people said didn't really deserve this fight. Who'd she beat, right? It was one of those situations. She beat Sarah McMahon. But other than that, you look at her resume, she didn't really do a whole lot. She was 2-2 two two in her last four coming into this one. Hasn't won much since before 2017. She had a four-fight win streak from 2013 to 2016. That was it. I mean, I, I was... I'm shocked. That is all I can say. Absolutely shocked. The Venezuelan vixen at 32 years old 
just 11-4 is the one to not only beat, but stop Amanda Nunez. I actually just got a notification here when I was talking about it, and it says Amanda Nunez knows she's human. And if last night wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. This is... This is unreal. I mean, a minus 1,000 favorite on betting day. A better put $318,000 on Amanda Nunez. He only would have won like thirty grand. That's how much of a favorite she was. But it's knowing Amanda Nunez, it was like a free thirty grand, is how I put it. And instead of a free thirty grand, you, sir, have lost $318,000. Because of this fight. Juliana Pena. Is the new Bantamweight champion. Of the world. It doesn't even seem right. This in my opinion. This might be bigger. Than Holly Holm. And Ronda Rousey. Betting wise Holly Holm was an even bigger underdog. But this right here. Ronda Rousey yes. She dominated everyone. Her first round arm bars. We know it. But the caliber of opponents. That Amanda Nunes was beating. I mean, how many times can we mention her stopping Ronda Rousey, right? Knocking out Ronda Rousey in her return fight in round one. Stopped Misha Tate. Beat Valentina Shevchenko by split decision. I mean, people still up in the air about that one, right? But then, Holly Holm stops her in the first round. Cyborg stops her in the first round. It's just, I mean, 51 seconds is all it took to stop Chris Cyborg, and 48 seconds is all it took to stop Ronda Rousey. Holly Holm got four minutes into the fight. But Juliana Pena defeats Amanda New I just, like I said, it is tough for me to wrap my head around this one. I'll say it one more time. Juliana Pena is the new Bantamweight champion of the world. It's unreal. It is unreal. And then we had to rebound. We had to get back on track for our main event where Dustin came out a swinging. This fight was exactly like the Chandler fight. Charles Oliveira avoids an immediate onslaught. Dustin didn't gas himself. I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, he's much smarter than that. But Oliveira shows this man has a chin. I would really like him to donate some of it to Cody Garbrandt. He could he could benefit from that. Both of them could, you know. But, I mean, oh my goodness. Charles Oliveira dominates the second round. Dustin gets taken down, and then he just, he kind of sat there, and Joe Rogan questioned something was up with his ribs or whatever, and that was just a bunch of BS. I don't know what he was talking about. I mean, Oliveira was landing some good body shots to Dustin, but... There was nothing with that. Dustin just didn't want to give up anything worse. So you just lose a round. You know, they talked about it with the Habib fight where he wishes he didn't move positions because he ended up getting submitted. I mean, that's Habib entirely different. But DeBronx is DeBronx, man. I mean, he is legit on the ground as well. And that's where he gets the job done in the third. It didn't take long before it was basically the same exact takedown position as we saw in the second round. And then boom, just like that, DeBronx gets the back. Dustin knew he couldn't give up his back. And well... He did, and he ends up submitting, so he's lost both of his title fights here. In the past two years, gets stopped, rear naked choke, 
both times in the third round, both times, once to Habib and once to the Bronx. So there's no shame in either of those losses. It's just, I wouldn't say there's shame in that being the champ, but Dustin will come back. I'm sure of it. He's been on such a hot streak, but this is the Bronx's time. This is Charles Oliveira's time. He hasn't lost a fight since 2017. And in that stretch, he's beaten guys like Clay Guida, Jim Miller, Nick Lentz, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, and Dustin Poirier. Since 2020, he's beaten one more time. Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, and Dustin Poirier. And he has stopped all of them except Tony Ferguson. So this is this guy's legit, right? I mean, no one's out here stopping Tony Ferguson. I know he's lost his last three, and Justin Gaethje was able to stop him. However, it's this is wild. The, what DeBronx is able to do right now is just... He's beating everyone, and give him Gaethje next, right? I think that's got to be the fight. Gaethje just beat Chandler, who was in the interim, or who was in that lightweight title fight, I should say. Not interim, we'll get to interim coming up, but he was in that fight since Habib dropped the belt. It was on Chandler Oliveira. Chandler loses. Gaethje-Chandler is the next fight. Gaethje wins an absolute scrap against Michael Chandler. So, I mean, if I'm booking this thing, right, if I get to pick... I do not want to see Chandler and Poirier. I don't know who I'd root for. I don't know who I would root for at all. That would be crazy. But Michael Chandler will rebound. He'll be just fine. Dustin Poirier will rebound. He'll be just fine. I think it's got to be DeBronx and Gaethje. I think Gaethje finally gets another crack at the belt. And I mean, it, this is, lightweight division is absolutely stacked. Gaethje is 23-3. and three. Only time he lost recently was to Habib. And that was in a title fight, obviously. Got submitted, but... He has a loss to, guess who, Dustin Poirier back in 2018. They were a main event of a Fox show. Dustin got the win in the fourth round. But other than that, Gaethje has won four of his last five. And like I said, that only loss is to Habib. So there's nothing wrong with losing to Habib Namagamurdamegadov, one of the all-time GOATs. And guys, other than that, I think it's going to do it. UFC 269, that was our event. And... Now our next fight, the Black Beast, baby. Derek Lewis next Saturday. Cannot wait. It's kind of a stacked card. I believe it's the last card of the year. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, takes on Chris Dacus. It'll be an interesting fight. Hopefully Derek Lewis is able to rebound, and we all know what happened when he got a crack at the heavyweight title, and that was the Cyril Gaon fight, and woof, that was... It didn't end well, to say the least, but he just didn't do anything, plain and simple. So, yes, this is the last card of the year. And then we've got Kelvin Cater to open 2021 on January 15th. So, a month off of UFC, basically, before UFC 270, which I'll get to in a second. But next week, Komain, this is a good one. But I'll remember the name Muhammad against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That is going to be great as Wonderboy Tries to get himself back on track. I mean, that's a guy that everyone thought was next in line. And no one was really able to figure out his style. But it's... Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is not unbeatable. And we learned that when Gilbert Burns somehow rebounded and beat him. I mean, we were all questioning Gilbert Burns after his loss to uh, Usman. But he came out and did it. So, good for him. Wonderboy has a win over Jeff Neal in 2020. Who just got a win. So... 
that's enough about that car. There are a few other notable names on there, but UFC 270 is where it's at. We get another Greg Hardy main card fight. Alexi Olenek is going to absolutely demolish him, but fingers crossed for that. Jared Kennear and Derek Brunson, a battle of top five middleweights. That'll be insane. Winner of that likely going to face the winner of Adesanya and um, Whitaker 2. That is going to be huge coming up. That's the February pay-per-view. We got two title fights once again here at UFC 270. Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo, the trilogy. The third time these two going at it. Can't wait. And then the main event to crown the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Number one ranked interim champ, unbeaten. Cyril Gaon is in a pick'em right now against the undisputed, or I can't even say undisputed champ. Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champion of the world. This thing is going to be insane. Is Ngannou going to be able to put Cyril Gan down? What is Gan going to be able to... I mean, there's nothing better than a heavyweight fight, guys. So here we are. A nice 25-minute UFC recap. It's kind of the length now as we move on here with these. But yeah, that's all I got. I mean, it was... Juliana Pena is the Bantamweight champion. Unreal. I can't even wrap my head around it. So... That is all we got, guys. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram. Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook and on YouTube. Tomorrow, episode 40 of the podcast. And then on Wednesday, Drew's College Athlete Spotlight, episode 7. And then Friday, we do a brand new series. Zach, Jared, and Drew's Journey to a Million, all about sports betting and daily fantasy sports. And fun stuff is going to be on our Friday episodes moving forward. But That's all I got, guys. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.